carpeted all the older black men away. The lead article on CNN, is no Christian leanings, says that if you take away the influence of the elders, society crumbles. And if they understand that in the world, how much more important that we celebrate it in the church. That we devote a day like this to do what Steve did just a minute ago and to say, this really matters. The influence of the elders in our life, the stability of sinewy elder saints who have stayed the course has a ripple effect on every life in every neighborhood that we know. And so we come together today to celebrate, to warn and remind, and to encourage. And so we're going to do that. I'm going to walk through three very basic ideas about senior adult life and senior adulthood. So I want you to join me in the book of Titus. And then in a minute, we're going to jump over from Titus over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So if you'll kind of be ready and have that there, we're going to walk together through this. In the book of Titus, there was a problem that Titus calls attention to in the first chapter. I want you to listen to his description of the problem. It will remind you of Baltimore. It will remind you of any community that is entangled in sin and is falling apart at the seams. And then I want you to watch how Titus immediately says, here's part of the solution. Here's the keys to the solution. So Titus chapter one, if you get to Hebrews, you've gone too far. Back up a little bit. If you're over there around Timothy, it's just after Timothy first and second. In verse 10 of chapter 1, join me there. It says, For there are many rebellious men, empty talkers, and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision who must be silenced because they're upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. One of themselves, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Now, this is a pretty touchy text. Because this is the island of Crete that they're on. Titus is the pastor of Crete. And so they're talking about Cretans. That's not a, that's not a monster. If you remember in Monsters, Inc., there was an interchange and they called him a Cretan and he said, no, it's a Cretan, actually. And it used to be a word we'd throw around. It's people who live in Crete. And so he's saying, this is a problem. The, the, the society in Crete is, is completely falling apart. And he says in verse 13, This testimony is true for this cause. Reprove them severely that they may be sound in the faith, not paying attention to Jewish myths or commandments of men who turn away from the truth. To the pure all things are pure. To those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their mind and their conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him, being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. He's describing the life of a commoner in Crete and how the sinful and godless pagan society with the influence of a broken religion is totally messed up. And then he says, you want to know what to do about it? Here you go, Titus. 
I want to tell you the key people, the key players in this. And he immediately says, older men, older women. These are the key players to bring change to a community. Stability. To bring the gospel. And so he turns and immediately says, but as for you, verse 1 of chapter 2, speak these things which are fitting for sound doctrine. So let's launch into this. Number one, seniors have value to be prized. Titus sees the seniors as a solution to the broken situation on the island of Crete. And he says, excuse me, Paul sees that and tells Titus that. And so the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, says, you want a, you want a key to change? Let's start at the most influential place. See, these are the folks that are going to have people around their table. They're going to have people around their home. And they're going to be influential in so much. So, letter A, their value is intrinsic. The very first thing you notice that he calls them men and he calls them women. And that is that they are made in the image of God. Their advanced years or their inability to work like they used to, their worth is not utilitarian, that they're only good for what they can produce, that there's something intrinsically valuable because they are made in the image of God. And whether they cannot participate at the level they once could, perform at the level that they once could, produce at the level that they once could, they are valuable. Their worth doesn't come from their productivity at a human level, but from the fact that they were made in the image of God. And that intrinsic worth means that we should give them the respect God gives them. That's why God has commandments that say things like, you shall rise at the gray head. And that was back in the Old Testament when the gray-headed person came in the room. Everybody else was supposed to stand up and give honor because of the intrinsic value as a creation of God, as one who bore the image of God and the years that had been accrued as a gift from God, there was an intrinsic value and that was to be recognized. Then there's a value, letter B, that is influential. He starts here, Titus starts here because he knows how influence moves. It's rare that influence starts with children and moves upward. It occasionally does, but that's the oddity. Typically, influence starts with the aged and moves downward. It starts how people parent and how people grandparent. It starts with how the elders are leading those who are younger. And so he starts and he says, verse 2, older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith. Why? Because they're influential. Their position and station in life has put them in a place that their absence will tell much more than their presence. You hear Steve Ortigo talk about the Kingsville Ball community and the stability brought on by seniors who were here, who were engaged, who were a part of life, to the point that he's shedding tears about the wonder of their influence. And then we hear the description of a man who grew up in Baltimore and what has happened in the absence of elders. And all of a sudden, juxtaposed one against the other, we begin to see this is a great privilege to have this group of people as part of who we are. This 
This is precious. And so their value is intrinsic. It's because God created them, but their value is influential. God is utilizing them. So when he says, you want to work on Crete and see change come, you make sure that the older men are staying true to gospel faith because they're going to be influential. But there's more than that. It says their value is infectious. Let her see their value is infectious. It's not just influential. It's infectious. There is a kind of infection that comes from elders who are engaged in the good and the doing and the believing and the enduring. And Steve Ortigo, I'm going to make the same mistake you made that they told me not to make. I learned from Farrell Roten that I want to witness. He fires me up every time I'm around him. I learned from Wanda Roberts that I want to persevere. I learned from Rodney Robertson that I want to love my wife no matter what and take care of her and finish well. I learned from Dave Huffman not to take yourself too seriously. That's important. I learned from Bill and Billy Luke, you can leave after you're 70 and go be missionaries in another town. I learned from David and Brenda Rosedale that you can stay in your town and still go be missionaries. Brenda didn't tell you they're actually going to teach an Experiencing God class at a church who's starting their first Experiencing God time ever in the history of their church. They're actually going to travel uh, about an hour to go and teach that class weekly. They've taken that on. So you can stay and be missionaries. I've learned from Link Lingenfelter and his sweet wife that You should really never give up. I was beside him in his hospital room when he was very, very close to meeting Jesus and shaking his hand. And he still longed to do what he did this morning. He longed to do that. It was on his heart. I learned from Wilma Huffman, you serve even when you're frail. You travel all the way to Canada and you cook spaghetti and meatballs and you cook all kinds of good food for a missionary team. Even though you don't have a lot of strength, you get up and you do that. She accompanied us just four or five years ago doing that. I could keep going. I could just about name everybody here. Bam, bam, bam. These are just highlights of things that touch our lives Every day. And it's infectious. God intends it to be that way. But as Titus unfolds this, listen to his words again. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible. The word here that's really important is the word sound. Sound in faith. Sound in love. Sound and perseverance. The word sound comes from the idea of wood that's not hollow. If you, if you knock on the wood, it's not hollow. It's, the tree is solid all the way through. And the word sound means to be filled with integrity. And so this intrinsic 
and this influential and this infectious kind of value has within it a soundness that goes out and permeates what's around it. Listen carefully. Age does not guarantee this. That's why this reminder is here. Age in a healthy tree produces lumber and fruit. Age in an unhealthy tree produces rot and consumption. In other words, age itself is not what's at issue here. It's a kind of integrity born through the years that grows the mighty, the tall tree that produces the fruit, the lumber, the solidity that is needed and is influential. And so there's a second side to this. If they have a value that is to be prized, second, they have a virtue that is to be preserved. In other words, seniors, just because you're aging doesn't mean your integrity is just guaranteed to stay there. It has a labor about it. And that's why, listen to his words again. Men to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith and love and perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, not enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. And there's this idea here that this virtue is something that you have to work on. To keep it from three things, or through three things. Letter A, virtue preserved from corruption. If you're going to be sound, you have to keep the rod out. You have to labor at that. And that's what he's saying. Labor, how do you do that? Letter B, virtue preserved through devotion. He says sound in faith, sound in love, sound in perseverance. That means we have to be devoted to the things of faith, devoted to the things of love, and devoted to acts of perseverance. Where do we find that? We find it in worship, in the Word, and in prayer. That's where we find it. That's what keeps us sound. There are a lot of challenges that come with aging that can cause us to be unsound. Events that happen to us early in our life, events that happen to our children, events that happen to our grandchildren, events that happen to our spouses, events that happen to our friends. And those things can sneak in on us and cause unsoundness to be a part. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, Titus, this is the thing to focus on in the aging process. Soundness. That's it. Because something's going to flow out of that. What's going to flow out of it? Well, look at one text here. I'm going to summarize some things that I'd like to flesh out a good bit later. But let's look in verse 4 and verse 5. Because a few weeks ago I introduced you to a Greek word that I said was really important. It's called hina, and it strings together purposes. It goes like a first purpose, a second purpose, and an ultimate purpose. Well, in this that Paul is teaching, he strings together another threesome with hinas in between. Listen how he does it. He's talked about the older men. Now he's gone into the older women. And he's told what the older women should be doing. Look at what happens in verse 4. That they may encourage... So here's the older women under the influence and also the encouragement of the older men. So it's kind of a team that they may encourage the young women. The word that means 
so that or in order that. The first thing happens, and then the second thing happens after it. So as the older men take their role of soundness and the older women take their role of instructing and modeling, then the younger women and the younger men are influenced. When you look at Baltimore, you look at the absence of it. When you look at Kingsville, you look at the presence of it. And so the thing that always has to be on the alert of a person who is growing in years is that Satan wants to remove or pollute your influence. And he wants to catch you in some weak area to cause that to happen. But there's another Henoch clause. You've you got, you got this one clause that says that they may encourage the younger women. But there's another thing at the end of that. It's found there in verse 5, halfway through, and it says, so that the word of God may not be dishonored. So what's happening? He's saying something happens among the elders that flows into the youngers that the two things together give credence to this book. That the veracity in the eyes of the beholder in the world the lost people, that the veracity, the creditation of this book is tied to healthy seniors and their influence on the younger. And as the, as the world looks at the church, the healthy seniors and their influence on healthy youngers makes the, makes the world go, He says it again after the young men go down just a couple of verses after the 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 thing about the youngers, the younger men at the very end of verse eight. It says sound in speech, which is beyond reproach in order that the opponent may be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. So two things happen with this value and this virtue. It moves from the elder men and women down to the younger men and women and out into the world. So the world says that book must be legit because I don't have anything I can accuse them of unrepentantly. In other words, the world understands people who mess up and who repent, but they don't understand Christians who just continue in sinful behavior. It discredits the book. And it discredits our lives. Well, how does, how does he wind this up? And what can we do at the end of this? Well, letter C, vow, virtue preserved for adoration. So we're going to move to 2 Corinthians. We're going to just package all this up in a beautiful picture that the Apostle Paul has. There is no better passage on the aging process in the Bible than 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 5, 10. There's no better one in the whole Bible. It deals with aging and its raw realities, and, and, and it's just fantastic. I shared that with you in the past years several times, and I pass this way in almost every funeral that I do of a believer because of the glory that is to be revealed here. But I noted, noted there in letter C, virtue preserved for adoration. Here's what's happening. God wants you as a senior, male or female, And then the influence of that, you as a junior, male or female, 
that this virtue that is in us is something that qualifies our adoration of God as being legitimate. If we praise something that we don't truly love, if we praise someone that we don't truly admire, we're hypocrites. And what he's saying here is that this value that has been bestowed upon this elder group and this virtue that's been bestowed in them through a relationship with Christ gives them the ability to give praise and adoration to God with their lives. And people say, you know what, that's legit. They really are followers of him. They really do love him. They really do adore him. Listen to their adoration. You heard these men stood up as they stood up here and sang. And I sat over there and I smiled. I know two of them very personally. And I believe that what they're singing about is not coming out of their lungs. I believe it's coming out of their hearts. And it so encourages me to see legitimate Christian adoration. And when the world looks onto that, they say, man, that's, that's really beautiful. They really love their Lord. They love their God. They love their Jesus. They love their church. They love their brothers and sisters. They even love the world. This is a beautiful picture. All right, so how do we close all that with something greatly encouraging? Number three, seniors have a victory to be preferred. This is what I love about the idea of what Paul shares in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Because Paul Gives this idea, when we go on a trip, Sherry and I often with the girls make long trips together. Uh, Sherry's parents' house is about 11 or 12 hours from here. If we go all the way up to North Carolina where we vacation sometimes, it gets on into the 13-hour range. It's a long ride. And there's a part in the drive, and those of you who make long drives know, when you first start out, it's kind of, you kind of fired up and, you know, you got enough of coffee in you and you just kind of roll. But about the middle of the trip, what starts happening on a really long trip? What happens? You just get tired, you get bored, you start zoning out, you start going, man. But something happens as the trip starts drawing toward the end. You start seeing a few familiar landmarks that you know are really close. For us, it's when we see Atlanta, if we're going to Sherry's parents, because that's the mark that says you're two hours away. So we break over that little ridge on I-20 going into Atlanta, and often it's already dark and beautiful skyline of Atlanta. And it's like all of a sudden I go, yeah, we're getting close. Let's roll. Pedal to the metal. Okay? And so, I I am guilty. I roll through Atlanta about as fast as I can go. You can talk to me about that later. Um, But there's something about it. Here's what's happening. If you are 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, statistically, you're a lot closer to home than when you started. And there ought to be something brewing up in you that makes you go, you know, I don't really like death, but I really do love Jesus. And I can see the lights on the horizon. And I want to go home. And listen to Paul's words here. Let me just break it down. Letter A, victory that is in Christ. Paul says this glorious homegoing is totally settled on the person and work of Jesus. And so you pick that up in chapter 4, verse 13. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore also we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us. (laughs) He will raise us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to raise us. 
And therefore, I long for something as I get near to my destination. I long to get there. I long to be there. And so, he says that victory, the letter B, is in the present. We're not talking about sweet by and by. Jesus is with you today. He is walking with you, talking with you, encouraging you, helping you, giving you sustenance, taking care of you. It is today. And that's why in verse 16, he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. That's a very blunt way of the aging process being described. Our outer man is decaying. I'm feeling that. I know you folks who are not 52 are looking at me going, what's the deal? You folks who are past 52 are going, son, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just, you're just a kid. I mean, some of you got suits in your closet older than me. I mean, I understand that. But no matter how old you are, this is true. Your outer man is wasting away. And you can't stop it. It is impossible. And so the Apostle Paul in the raw reality says, there is a victory that's in the present, even though your outer man is wasting away. What is happening? Your inner man is being renewed day by day. This is the work of Christ through the Holy Spirit, preparing your heart to meet Jesus face to face. Getting you ready to say, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly or come and get me. And so there is a present promise, His Holy Spirit in us. It says here that His Spirit has been given to us as a pledge in chapter 5, verse 5. Now, He who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave us the Spirit as a pledge. So it's all here. But now, victory in the future. Letter C, victory that is in the future. Here's this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture that the Apostle Paul says. And he uses a word that made me give the title to the heading, Seniors Have a Victory to be Preferred. Listen to Paul. He says in verse 6 of chapter 5, and we close with this. Now, he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are of good courage. I say, here's his word, and prefer rather to be absent from the body to be at home with the Lord. This is a beautiful statement. As we grow older, we begin to understand our mortality better, our limitations better. We begin to get in touch with the reality that we are drawing close to home. We don't become lazy. We don't become folks who don't care. But we begin setting our eyes on that final destination in a way that encourages, that empowers, that strengthens us. And so Paul drops the word here. He says, I say and prefer. Now, let me share one other time Paul used similar language and we close with Philippians chapter 1. How did Paul use that language? He said in verse 21 of chapter 1 of Philippians, For to me, to live is Christ 
and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose. You know what Paul's doing? He's having a hard time praying about his execution. Did you know that's what's happening here? Paul has been given a sentence of death that likely will be carried out by beheading. And so Paul says, you know what? I'm having a little trouble in my prayer life today. So he writes the Philippian church and says, you know why I'm having trouble? Because if they cut my head off, I'll be with Jesus immediately. And I kind of want to do that. I'm having trouble asking God not to let them kill me. Because I know that as that axe falls and my head is severed, that I will be instantaneously face to face with the one who suffered and bled and died and was raised and reigns and has prepared a place and now awaits me, I know that that's where I'm going. And so he says, I'm hard pressed from both directions. Verse 23, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Now, you don't think Paul's language infiltrates our lives? How many times have you stood at a casket of a believer in sorrow and said these words? You know, they're in a better place. Paul's language has infiltrated what we say standing by the casket of a believer. Because you know what? He's telling the truth. Would you bow with me? I think we need to leave today with just a couple of things that we settle in our hearts. Here they are. The first thing we settle is, is this true about me? Don't worry about anybody else. Nobody else here, just you. Can you really understand today that this promise of victory belongs to you and that it's preferred? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you repented of your sins and placed your faith in Him alone and walked and followed Him with your heart? That's the very first thing you have to ask. Because none of this matters without that. So I want you to resolve that whether you're a senior or a very young person. This promise of being absent from the body and present with the Lord only belongs to those who have turned from their sin and placed their faith in Jesus. Have you done that? Second, I think we need to walk away with a whole new appreciation for senior adults. I think we need to embrace fully what we've heard from Steve today and be warned by what we heard from Baltimore. This is a precious gift and we need to engage it in every place in our lives. Time with seniors, learning from them, taking time to grow our relationships with them and to honor them and to care for them. Very important. Finally, 
I think the thing we walk away from today is to give thanks to God for the great influence He's given our church. Praise Him for it. It is a blessing. As God stirs your heart and works in you today, would you stand and respond to Him? Let's listen as the Pine Ridge Quartet leads us in our invitation. a hand for these guys. How about a hand for these guys right here? Thank you, seniors. We love you. Tonight, Pine Ridge Quartet in concert, 5 p.m. Please join us here. Going to have a great time in the Lord together. Looking forward to that. Next Sunday's a very special day in the life of our church. We have Mother's Day, which is a Great and wonderful day. We have baby dedication and parent dedication together. That's a great time as parents bring their children and say, we want to serve the Lord with gladness in the rearing of our children and dedicate them to Christ. And then also we have senior and graduate recognition, different kind of senior.
but he's still a senior. And so we're looking forward to that next week. Hope that you'll be here with us. I know that it'll be a great joy as we celebrate tonight. Let's pray together as we close. Father, we thank you for our seniors and what a blessing they are. As we go now to feast together and uh, enjoy fellowship with our seniors, I pray you bless them. I want to thank you personally for how my family has been encouraged and strengthened and ministered to, lifted up, prayed for, greatly helped by our seniors. I praise you for them. Now take them and use this great influence you've given them and let them look forward to the great day of victory when you bring us all together at your throne. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a river rolling deep and wide Paradise is on the other side Oh, life is o'er, there will abide, forever I'll abide. Oh, 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 river, root that forever, let that good word roll gently, guard your joy, intently, someday we must cross your fall. So roll on, Jordan, roll on, oh, river, deep and wide, my home is on the other side. So happy there, never more to roam, no, never more to roam. Round all the body, old river, through that sweet forever. Let that river roll gently, guard your show and gently someday we must cross your fold. So roll on, Jordan, roll home, old river, deep and wide. My home is on the other side.